Yeah, yeah we're going. Oh, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Friday podcast. Yeah, the Friday yeah, special. Yeah. This is <laughs> This is a topic we have been thinking about for a long time. It's been at least 3 weeks. And uh, we wanted to give it a lot of thought and we wanted to discuss it at length and really kind of gather our thoughts around it and maybe think of some out of the box examples of some great blank because i don't want to break the title just yet and what we're focusing on Wait but for it. today we are going to be uh it's going to be paul shane and myself ortega welcome um we're going to close out the week with uh for it discussion Here of it's coming really quickly um i'm shane <laughs> yeah the suspense is gone uh Give we're going to be talking about the top hip-hop discographies of all time Ow! so Whoa. we're going to be talking about hope you didn't look at the podcast title <laughs> we're going to be uh talking about a few of our personal favorite discographies and then there have been some people that we've been talking to that have contributed their thoughts and there's some uh, some dark horses i will say not some of my personal favorites but i think an argument could be made for some of the artists that have been mentioned so thanks for the recommendations mom thank but i don't you. think the yin yang twins is going to make the list <laughs> the whisper song is the greatest hip hop song of Wait all time okay so i just want to say before we start we are trying something experimental here recording in the dark it's pretty groovy. I I really like it. Yeah, it's kind of moody. I like it. Gabby doesn't have a shirt on. He's not here. Gabby doesn't have anything on. Gabby just put his shirt on the floor before he walked out for the day. If Gabby's not here, who am I touching? <laughs> Garris? Oh, God, Garris. Uh, and I just want to say one more thing. Today, the day this was recorded, which is Sunday, with the secrets out, Gabby ruined it, is the 15-year anniversary of College, college Dropout. Dropout. Who's that one by again? A guy named Kane. Ah, uh, yes. His plaques still say Kane after all these years. Wow. Thanks for the reference. Thanks. Anytime. Um, okay. So, I mean, we've had an entire podcast dedicated to Kanye West. So let's leave that on the side for now. Oh, thank you. So let's talk about some of the other great discographies. I'm going to bring up some that I figure that are probably some of the more common choices. And then uh, my personal thoughts on them. And then for you guys, your thoughts on them as well. So, I mean, I think we can all agree. Let's kind of get the, the elephant out of the room because we've already mentioned it. Kanye West has to have one of the better discographies in hip hop, if not the best. Um, I think in terms of consistency and stuff like that, we can dive into that a little bit later. But we just want to get that out of the way that that is something that will come into the podcast a little bit later on. But... Uh, outside of Kanye West, what would be some of the other um, top discographies that you would consider? Kendrick. Hip -hop? Kendrick, for sure. I think a lot of this does also depend on like your definition of like the greatest hip hop. Like there's all there's always social relevance, and I think Kanye West leads the way on being the most pop culture wise relevant hip hop artist of like at least the last 10, 15 years. But okay. I think there's a lot of ways in which you could look at Kanye West's career and ultimately say like much of his music did very well on the billboards, but did not very much well as far as like moving the game from a lyrical standpoint going forward. But I, I digress. I think he does belong on a greatest hip hop catalog list. And for Kendrick, so that's your that's your Kendrick's my personal pick. Ultimately, like the way I value my experience with hip hop music. I'd say from from his earliest works onward to like his contributions on like the Black Panther soundtrack, I think Kendrick Lamar's hip hop catalog is the one that I find to be the most compelling start to finish. Okay. Shane, thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm sure if we were to take a, a guess, my favorite is obviously Kanye West. You say we'll touch on that later, so I'll leave that be. But I can see I can make the argument for Kendrick Lamar as well. I think he's got a short catalog. I think the the difficult part is artists with large catalogs, and comparatively to a smaller catalog like a Kendrick Lamar who has four albums, uh, not including the compilation soundtrack. Um, 
Or Untitled Unmastered. Yeah, I don't include Untitled Unmastered. Now, you can. Untitled Unmastered is throwaways from To Pimp a Butterfly, so I would just scoop that all under the same They're so good, yeah, the throwaways. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you can make the argument for Kendrick Lamar having, like, super strong, like, you just take, like, even if, you know, you take out um, Section 80, which is a lot of people love Section 80, um, but let's say you take that out, you still have Good Kid, Mad City, you have Damn, and you have To Pimp a Butterfly. Damn, first record ever to win a Pulitzer Prize, which, I mean, is, like, the first hip-hop record to win that. You have um, To Pimp a Butterfly, which to me is what got me into really heavily into the L.A. jazz scene and more into jazz and as a, as a whole and understanding that and him reinvigorating funk back into music and carrying the legacy of G-Funk, which was a huge time in the West Coast. And uh, Good Kid, Mad City, which I think is one of the best stories told throughout an album start to finish. Um, I remember listening to that album and having it explained to me what the impact of that album was and just falling in love with it. And it's an album that I can always listen to. And when you put those three back to back to back, and, and I'm not including Section 80 in this, the only reason I'm not, and you could be yelling at your, your speakers, is because I don't have a ton of exposure to Section 80. But as far as I understand it, it's like loved by many, many people. And it's an amazing album. And I owe them the respect to go back and listen to it more in depth. But my hot take on those three albums alone is like that type of quality seldom comes, especially back to back to back. It's like Back to the Future 1, 2, 3. For me, it's like they, they flow so well together. And the only other person to do something like that was Kanye. And he did that with the College Trilogy. And then he went on to do some other great albums. So weighing the two against each other, it's like, do you detract or do you subtract marks for you know, a larger catalog, which leaves the, the artist more room for error? Would we expect Kendrick Lamar to continue his, project, or his trajectory, I should say? Um, what does that kind of look like? So... I mean, like, I have some in-the-box ideas, not necessarily out-of-the-box on, on those. To that, to that end, though, I would say, although he, although even if we go down to that very limited selection of just those three albums, uh, Kendrick Lamar also displays a willingness to try very experimental, unfashionable uh, picks as far as his music goes and how he wants to cast stories and how he wants to take on his projects and still found success in them. So while the, while the rest of the, like the rap soundscape might be going in a certain way, he may be, he'll be looking at a situation and be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to work with Thunder, Thundercat and Kamasi Washington, and I'm going to put out a funky jazz based album while the rest of, while the rest of everyone else is like now just starting to experiment with like trap music or something. Like, I think he's he's willing to experiment and he was willing to go out and like, maybe people won't like this. And in the end, people end up liking it. Yeah. And a lot of people I don't think liked um, To Pimp a Butterfly, to be honest with you. Like, it wasn't like, which I think is a shame, but it wasn't a lot of, it wasn't very listener friendly to the general population, which I think, you know, a lot of people, if you ask them, what's the weakest Kendrick Lamar album, they're going to say that. And there's an argument to be made for it to be one of the stronger those ones. Those people are not on this podcast. You're right, 100%, but those people might be listening to this podcast. So Turn off. It, it's important to, to look at it that way, right? Uh, it's a little difficult. Daniel, you want to hit us with some of your list? We've we officially maybe... gone too long without saying Jay-Z. Okay, so yeah. actually Jay-Z is a perfect example of why I think this argument, like why this question is actually super, super important because... To me, a discography can really be brought down to what are some of the more weak albums that exist as part of your catalog. And I think Jay-Z is, is you know, he, growing up, he was one of my favorite rappers. He still continues to be to a certain extent. Um, like, I, I really, really enjoy listening to some of his best work. But it's inconsistent. And I think this is where, when you ask the question, there's somebody that I asked this question to, and his immediate answer was Jay-Z. And then... The more that I talked him through it, the more he was open to the idea of him being his personal favorite and containing some really, really great, um, influential, important, impactful hip hop albums. But as a collective, not having the best uh, the best catalog overall as we see it. Um, and I think that this is where it becomes really, really troublesome for some people is because they can't separate the fact that they really, really love that artist and then they can't see that their weakest works are not a reflection of the best work that's in their catalog. Jay-Z being the example of that for me, he is 
super, super, like, his best work is amazing. I think The Blueprint is an incredible album. I think that there are so many parts of his catalog that do so many things differently than the other albums, but then he has these really, really deep valleys like Magna Carta, like Kingdom Come, and he just, as he progressed, he became less and less... Um, pivotal i guess for hip-hop but he's had good albums here and there again um so i don't know for jay-z for me he needs to be mentioned because he's one of the greatest rappers of all time but he's almost the the perfect example of somebody that can have great music as part of their catalog but not necessarily the best hip-hop discography i think Nas also falls into that category mm. stillmatic illmatic hip-hop is dead he's really got some great records out there life is good but i think his biggest thing is that he just it's not consistent like it's not all the time it's not always um, it's not always met with really, really great production. He's had moments where he's had really, really crappy production or, or not stellar production. And then he's been complimented by artists like Kanye West and Salam Remy's done some really, really great work. He's got a double album in there. So I think that that's another artist example where great art, some of the most pivotal albums of all time. Illmatic is widely considered one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. And it, it doesn't belong to the best hip hop catalog album, uh, c- catalog ever. And so, I think that that's hard for some people to be able to remove. Some of my personal choices, I mean, I have a lot. Like, there's a lot that I actually think that have really, really great discographies. Kendrick Lamar has to be the runner-up for me, though, because I think the trajectory that he's on right now, there's nothing that leads me to believe that he's not going to have one of the greatest hip-hop catalogs of all time. I think that what he's done with Tip of a Butterfly is incredible. I think what he did with Damn taking everything that was successful about Good Kid Mad City and making it a little bit more digestible and palatable for people that didn't necessarily like To Pimp a Butterfly, to Shane's point. I think he's done a really, really great job, and it does almost echo what Kanye West did in that he had that first album that was very socially conscious. He had that second album that had, you know, it tried to illuminate things like Diamonds and Sierra Leone, and, and then he had that third album, Graduation, which is really where his stardom reach superstardom because he had some of his biggest hits that came from that album. So I see Kendrick on that same trajectory. Um, and then there's some other artists that are personal favorites. Scarface, uh, to me, has a great discography. P- potentially one of the greatest of all time. I think the best out of the South for sure. I think he's got the most consistency. Um, I don't think he's ever put out a bad album. And then I think Outkast is probably the one that really threw me. Uh, a friend at work mentioned Outkast and I wasn't even kind of a part of my thought process. And then when I thought about Stankonia, Speaker Box, Love Below, AT Aliens, Equimini, really anything outside of Idlewild, they have an incredible, incredible, incredible um, uh, discography as a whole. And I think yeah. that they it's also just, have a lot a of commercial success. It does, but I mean, it's I put Tribe Called Quest in there as well. And he's he also, I mean, oh, that group sure. also yeah, hasn't been around in a long time, right? So. But I guess they did just release that other album, but then that album is really just a Q-tip album with like samples from the rest of the crew. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you can make the as argument, much as I yeah. love that album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you could make the argument as well for like groups like N.W.A. things like that, just based off the impact of their catalog and what that did for hip hop, and you know, those are the ones that inspired. Like I feel like. When you look at someone like Kendrick Lamar, we're we're starting to see um, the roots that were sowed, like the seeds were sowed by groups like NWA and um, like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and that whole G-Funk era and coming up and all those guys in the 90s, Biggie Pac. You're starting to see the artists now who are coming up and it's no longer, you know, I grew up on this artist from the 70s or this artist from the 80s. It's I grew up on these already great hip hop artists. So now the catalogs and the records that they're making are inspired by those greats who paved the way for them. And they're building off that foundation, which I think Kendrick Lamar does fantastically. Mm-hmm. But is that a word? Fantastically? I'm going to allow it. OK, thank you. The judge allows it. <laughs> um, but when you look at someone like you look at Kanye West coming up or you look at like, you know, Biggie or Tupac or, or Tupac, or you look at, uh, I think it's Tupac, Tupac, or you look at, you know, Dr. Dre and they paved the way for themselves and really defined a lot of the music that came out today. You know, Stoop Dog has an amazing catalog. You can make the argument even, I mean, you want to talk over saturation. Little Wayne had a fantastic run 
And you could argue that he is one of the people who broke hip hop into pop culture and his catalog deserves that respect for that mm -hmm. reason. But do I think it's one of the greatest? No, I don't. But you can make the argument either way on that. I, I think it's great that we're starting to see now the, the growth in, in hip hop and what's coming out based off stuff from the 90s. I think a large factor is also how you enjoy hip hop and how you engage in hip hop and rap music. Um, one of the things we brought up is we talked about like the palatability of something like To Pimp a Butterfly. And for me, my experience with hip hop has always come from absorbing it from a standpoint of it's like this is like literature. This is social commentary. This is this is tapping into visceral parts of the human experience. And so I like sitting down and listening to stories being told through hip hop. Like To Pimp a Butterfly is infinitely re-listenable to me because it tell there's so much depth there's so much to listen to in there and like no i'm not going to go and i'm not going to dance to tim pimp butterfly but also that kind of rap music doesn't interest me at all like i'm not out here for your iggy azaleas or for your one dances like if i want to listen to rap if i want to listen to hip-hop music i definitely want to listen to something that's cerebral i want to listen to something that is saying something that you know sometimes it can be painful sometimes it'll require me to like sit down and really feel the weight of life and that's where for me like that's where kanye west can sometimes start to fall lower down on this list is because you know when you start to go further down at some point he's been rapping about being famous and rich for a long time and so sometimes that just doesn't resonate with me very much at the same time almost I don't think he has a very strong case, but J. Cole sort of sneaks in there because, you know, J. Cole's a very good storyteller and he's very good at telling you stories where, like, he's not cool. He's very good at stories, that like, very good at telling you stories that lead him to being vulnerable but get can align with you. I think what's tough with this question, too, is that you've got artists that will get better as their careers go on j cole is actually a very good example of that so you start off with an album like sideline story to me has some great records on it shows a lot of promise of what he is or what he has the capability of being as an artist and then he's gotten only better with time he's just refined his craft he's he's brought the the count of songs on his albums um you know lower so that they're a little bit more concise they're a little bit more to the point force tills being a great example of that uh, and then for your eyes only and and kod as well if you want to mm. group it into there so his last three albums have all been great but his first two albums weren't and so there's two kind of paths that i've seen as i've explored hip-hop discographies is you've got and i'm going to bring up eminem because i think eminem is actually somebody that i also didn't really think about started his career his first three albums i'd say up until encore you could probably make an argument that i think he would have a great discography had he not come back i think that it's limited. It's really only three albums, but he had commercial success. He has a lot of people still, still consider him one of the greatest technical rappers of all time. Um, and I think he's very, very skilled, but then you look at relapse recovery and everything that's come out since then, and it's kind of tainted it. So you've got J Cole that's in the complete opposite. He started off mm -hmm. his career with two albums that weren't great and then has moved into great categories right now. And he still has the ability to make up for the catalog, um, that he started with. Whereas you have artists like Eminem that have started off great, but the more that they add to their catalog, the more and more it seems to become something where it's probably not going to be one of the the best discographies ever, even though it contains some really, really great records that are going to resonate with a lot of different people. Um, and then I, I... For me, it was always really hard to listen to Eminem growing up. Like, he was one of those artists that, like everyone was aware of and they were aware of like he can't listen to eminem his music's explicit and so it was always difficult to listen to eminem and then as like time went by and it became easier and easier to listen to eminem like much of his music just didn't resonate with me from like a storytelling standpoint there just was there wasn't stuff in eminem's music that i was interested in hearing more about but i'm really with you on that j cole example where it's just like I enjoy J. Cole, J. Cole's music a lot, but honestly, most of his stuff before Forest Hill, like for me, I, I it doesn't tap. I like uh, Born Sinner a lot. I think the production on that's good. I think it's bloated. I think it's got a lot of stuff. I think it struggles from a lot of what a lot of Drake's records do, which is that there's too much content on them and they can be a lot more concise. Um, and I think that another way to look at this and this is kind of the filter that i used for some of the albums or some of the artists that i really wanted to dive and see if they had um 
had the discography that I want to give them credit for is if you take every song that they've ever released as part of an album and just put it into a pile of songs and go through it and see how many bad songs there are on just an accumulative list of everything that they release as part of an album, how many songs you get left with that are great versus songs that are kind of duds or aren't great. Um, but I think that that takes away the 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 element of the album, which is that... I don't think that's that, a good way to evaluate art, especially when it's... Well, I don't think it's a good way to evaluate a creative medium where it's dependent on people putting out putting their ideas out there and allowing their greatest ideas to shine through. And yeah, to some degree, like there are albums and as a business, so there are fillers, but I think establishing like who belongs on this category, who is like, who is the best by like, who's the least garbage. It's like, I don't think that's great because, no, 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 but I'm not saying that I'm saying that you can take Jay-Z. I'm using him as an example. He puts out 200 songs. Mm-hmm. You've got a cumulative total of 200 songs. 150 of Jay-Z's songs are great. And then you've got some real duds in there, album, songs that are it's not great. The entirety of Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Sure. Bad album. I agree with you 100%. But I still think that you can look at an artist like that and just quantitatively, if you're looking at their body of work as a career across all of their albums, I think that that's a way that you can actually say, all right, how much bad, how much bad music or music that I didn't enjoy made those albums or made the albums that I'm comprising this list of and then who has the best or who has the most songs that I think that are quality music as part of their catalog I think that that's one thing that you can do but to counter argument that I also think that some of those songs make sense in the context of an album and they may not make sense contextually when you just take them and put them into a pool with other songs that may not require the same context Kendrick would be a great example of that you take Tim Pip and Butterfly and you put it into a, a hat with Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. There's individual songs on there that probably don't stand out as much as they do um, if they're not put into the context of Tim Pip and Butterfly, right? So that's where I think albums are also really, really tough to measure because people put more thought into the project as like a whole, as a record, than others do. I don't think Jay-Z has a real concept album. I don't think he has a great... Um, like thought process. I think he has compilations of really, really great songs, but I don't know if there's an album of his that tells a story in the way that 808s and Heartbreak does or the way that, um, you know, Speakerbox Love Below does or even the way that, you know, Scarface and The Fix does. Like those those albums exist as an album because they have a cohesive thought behind them. They're not just a compilation of really, really good songs. And that, again, that was my knock on Jay-Z's yeah. category, on, on his discography is that a lot of his albums don't feel like they have uh, uh, an underlying theme so much as they're an, a, a cumulative of a lot of really, really great individual pieces, but the, the sum isn't as great as its parts other than maybe reasonable doubt. How in much American of that Gangster. do you think that, cause I'm, I'm pretty much in alignment with you on that, on that for sure. How much of that do you think, uh, speaks to the time in which his music was in production and where, and where hip hop was at the time? Because when you look at 444, it certainly seems like he's taking on more of a, like a narrative structure when that when the way that album is put out. So do you think that maybe his catalog is more a product of its time? And do we have examples of like hip hop albums like earlier on that take on more of a structure, a narrative st- a style structure? Yeah. So I think, okay, if we go back to Jay-Z and I'm going to, I'm going to stay fixated on him for a bit. Cause I think he has the most interesting discography. Mm-hmm. Reasonable doubt tells a story. Volume two, volume one, tell stories. I enjoy his first three albums a lot. There's a point where you see Jay-Z become not just Jay-Z the rapper, but he becomes the head of Rockefeller Records. And so he starts to push his brand and you get albums like Streets is Watching. You get albums like Rock La Familia. You start to get more collaborative albums. You've got Unfinished Business with R. Kelly. You've got... Um, the best of both worlds with R. Kelly, like you start to see him like start to branch into areas that are not just him creating albums of his own. And I think that that's to get his brand out there because he was becoming a bigger artist and he was really trying to become the most popular hip hop artist at the time, which I think he was very successful at. But when it comes to the records that really define Jay-Z, that people love, that I love out of his out of his catalog are the ones that are him just being him like there's no hidden agenda underlying it and i think that that's going to transcend whether a label situation was you know the same in 1996 when reasonable doubt came out versus now but i do agree with you i think jay-z 
has become more narratively focused. I think American and Gangster is a great example of that. I think 444, uh, 444 is a great example of that. But there are a lot of Jay-Z records that don't do that, that are typically his weakest. I think his narrative-driven albums are really the ones that shine the most. Um, and now I think artists have more creative freedom, especially a guy like Jay-Z that really isn't dependent on distribution of a label or putting a popular artist on one of his songs to make sure that it sells a certain amount of units or whatever. He can really do whatever he wants now. He can put out an album like 444 as a surprise drop, no videos, no context for the album coming out and we'll we'll push a, a monumental amount of numbers and and that album will resonate with a lot of people in a really positive way um and i think that the j cole is the same thing i think once he's gotten out of his label situation and he's had a little bit more creative freedom under his label he started to create the work that is allowing him to be the best version of himself that we weren't able to see on sideline story and an on, onborn center so i think that's definitely part of it i think your label situation, I think, dictates a lot of that, of what you have the creative freedom to do on your own albums, right? How much clout do you guys give to the Billboard charts? Uh, I don't, I don't really, like, it's a non-factor for me. Like, like, I don't think I've ever determined, like, what music I'm listening to or the impact of music based off of that. I care more probably about, like, what writers, like, in Pitchfork or the NYT or out and around, like, I would care about more. I mean, so, like, if we're talking about influence and on culture and the greatest hip-hop catalogs, uh, in recent times, Migos back-to-back, number one on the, the with Culture One, Culture Two, as far as the Billboard charts go, I know you listen for substance and not the the beat. Or Which is whatever. unfashionable. Like, yeah. I understand yeah. that's probably not what most people are thinking but about. But you look at that catalog and you're like, okay, is Migos going to be, you know, you have Donald Glover on record saying Migos is the Black Beatles, you know? Uh, but you also have a band or a group, a hip hop group like the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Four number one records on the Billboard. It's never been done by another hip hop group. And before, um, before Migos did it, only four other artists have done repeated that more than once on the top, uh, top of the Billboard charts with released albums in the hip hop genre, including Tribe Called Quest with uh, their album. Uh, in 96 and then their last album that they came out with uh, around their their documentary so they waited 20 years in between Migos one year in between and does number one back to back which I think is crazy so and then you have you have Beastie Boys with four so you think about greatest hip-hop catalog and you have Beastie Boys who kind of broke the hip-hop scene and into pop culture and you look at four albums reigning at number one the quality and quantity, is it something that we would listen to? No, but you got to give that a mention in one of the greatest catalogs in hip-hop. If, if you're breaking those records and setting a record that still has not been broken to this day by everyone we talk about, then it's it's food for thought, right? I think my criteria for it, too, is like I, I definitely take into account critical acclaim because I think that that has a, has a, has a, um, a place in this discussion is that how widely liked your album was not even from an influential standpoint but like what are what is the best hip-hop catalog in terms of what has garnered the most critical acclaim from a bunch of publications that are very very popular Kendrick Lamar wins this by a landslide like I think his average if I'm going by Metacritic which is just you know Aggregate, yeah, aggregated reviews from different websites he's like that. he holds like a 92 or something like he his his threshold for like for highly reviewed albums is so high that i mean it can dwindle and i imagine it will as he starts to if he ever does start to put out uh lesser quality projects that don't maybe resonate the same way that his first three have but i think that that has to be considered like you you have to be well you have to be well liked you have to have some degree of critical acclaim there can't be a great hip-hop catalog or a great uh, catalog in any um genre that's just something that isn't widely appreciated or, or widely admired where it's reached people that maybe it wasn't expected to reach like Tim Pippa Butterfly might be a really really great example of that mm-hmm. um, another group that I want to talk about actually groups is something that I wanted to kind of leave for a little bit of a segue um, but we talked about a tripod quest uh, the roots popped up and I didn't really think about it but then I thought about it more and more they've put out a lot of records but they are—they may have one of the most talented rappers on the planet in Black Thought, and he—I am stretched to find a Black Thought verse that I'm not at least moderately impressed by because he can rap his ass off. Um, they've done concept albums. They've been around since the '90s. 
of course they're on Jimmy Fallon right now, so maybe not the uh, the the roots of old when they put out albums like um, you know Game Theory and stuff like that, like from the mid two thousands and even earlier than that, um, uh, Phrenology and earlier. But I think they, they have a, stu- they had an album with like Elvis Costello a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Be- even after that too, they had John Legend. They had Wake Up with John Legend. They had a concept album called Undone, which was yeah. meant to be listened to forwards and backwards. That gave you two very different li- listening experiences. I think their catalog is incredibly diverse. To your point, Paul, to work with Elvis Costello and John Legend and a bunch of artists in between and Music Soul Child as a collaborator. And there's just so many artists that they've worked with. They've toured with Jay-Z. They have to be mentioned, I think, in that conversation, even though they're a group rather than uh, an individual artist. Um, I love The Roots. I think some of their, you know, Game Theory is 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 one of my favorite albums, I think, when it comes to that middle... 2000s range but they also have some great uh illadolf illadolf half-life there, there's so many good it's it's weird but superficially i kind of feel like i didn't like the roots don't occur to me as like a hip-hop act do you consider them hip-hop artists i don't know like i feel like they have all the they have all the trappings to necessarily it's like how a koala bear isn't actually a bear <laughs> Like it's a good analogy. they have all they have all the proper qualifications, but for some reason they just don't strike out to me as like a hip hop act. But like certainly, if I had a playlist or if you, if you were, if I went to a specific bar, it's like we're we're just spinning hip hop and the roots come on. I wouldn't be like, what's this shit? Yeah, I could get behind that. I dig the roots. I love the roots. Uh, another group to consider too: Wu Tang Clan. As oh. a collective, yeah. yeah. I mean, the undisputedly. Do you consider one of the? Do you think that they have one of the best discographies of all time? Like, if you include every member's solo discography under the Wu Tang. So don't don't include that. Include only collective Wu Tang albums. So Wu Tang Forever, Thirty Six Chambers. Uh, they had one a couple. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it in. You'll throw it in there as well. I put it in there. Now, do you think it's Wu Tang, man? Sub question: Do you think that Wu Tang's collective discography as a group? is better than the individual artists that have branched out from that individual discographies, i.e. Raekwon, Ghostface Killa, Jizza, uh, Rizza. Jizza, Rizza, Redman, Method Man. No, I would say no. You Really? I would say that them independently as well is amounted to greater than the actual uh, collective. I, like Those artists alone have done some amazing things. Those artists as a collective have done some amazing things. But there's also like 46 people in the Wu-Tang Clan. So it's crazy when you think about it. You also consider impact, right? How much of what we have today is it comes from Wu-Tang. I really wanted to to say Raekwon. But I think, again, Raekwon is another artist that he's got amazing individual albums only built for Cuban links and only built for Cuban links Two are two great albums, but he's also got a couple in there that just don't, they're not the best project that he could have possibly put out. So I feel like that kind of disqualifies it. I, that's such a big part of this conversation too, is like you can have six great albums, but if you've put out 10 and four of them were only mediocre, I think that that has a pretty big impact and it's hard to stack that up against guys like Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West because they've been consistently good. Kanye's put out, what, eight, nine albums now? The only one that we can really consider a dud is Ye. I think probably the three of us can agree on that. And even then, I don't think Ye's a bad album. I just think Ye's a bad album by Kanye's standards. Yeah. Thoughts? I agree. Uh, I think we can safely say Ye's a bad album. Yeah, I mean, even the hotly disputed... By his standards or by in general? I mean, with more time passing by, I feel like in general, like not to turn this into a yay review podcast, but like yay is preciously short and you get the feeling that it's preciously short, not out of like, oh, I had so many bustling great ideas out to put here. And even then, like it doesn't feel like it's an exceptionally strong one. There it is. What else do you consider a part of his discography? Because you can you can make the argument that he's also put out depending on whether you include albums like Good, uh, what's it called, uh, Cruel Summer. I definitely could consider any album which he performs on that is his performance is critical to the existence of that work. I would say, like for example, Watch the Throne is most certainly part of Kanye West's discography. Do you consider Kids See Ghost part of his discography? 
I think, yeah, I think we would definitely consider that as well. Okay, so if you add Kids See Ghost, Cruel Summer, I guess Yay Now, and then Watch the Throne, you consider a part of his discography as well, you said? Yeah. I think, well, I mean, a big part of that is also just considering, like, how how am I gauging my experience with hip-hop music? And ultimately, like, there are huge high points, and I am a Kanye West fan, but Kanye, like, Kanye West's discography doesn't have the same degree of impact in the way that I appreciate hip hop and the way hip hop music resonates with me that he approaches that he approaches Kendrick Lamar. Actually, I think even I, I think there's I think I think he probably ranks ranks lower than artists like J. Cole. Like I don't have a formalized list in my mind, but like I know there like For Your Eyes Only is an album that I span endlessly throughout all of like twenty like twenty sixteen. And I don't know that I have a Kanye West album that I would listen to everywhere and think about constantly in the same way that I thought about. Interesting. My Beautiful Dark only. Twisted Fantasy, 808s and Heartbreak, College they're, Dropout. Those are different, though. I think those I those resonate with me from like a production standpoint, but there's not a lot that from like a lyrical or storytelling. Like there are tracks on For Your there are tracks from like J. Cole has on For Your Eyes Only and otherwise where I have sat. And listen to and hung on every word, having heard that word. I, I mean, I would make that argument for a beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I love, I love my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. But like, and I may, I'll hang on that when like, in run, I will hang on that piano like, yeah. dung, dung, dung. But you know what? Like, that's not hip. That's not what hip hop is about to me. Hip hop is not about like hanging on the the dings of a piano i would disagree with that i think one of the things that set hip-hop aside and one of the origins of hip-hop itself is sampling different instrumental styles production is what predominantly made hip-hop what it is so while you can have a great storyteller rapper mc whatever you want to call them the production is just as important and i think the craziest thing about that album is the production is just so fucking tight and the storytelling is even tighter for me like throughout again you get the full aspect of what Kanye West was at that time and going through and you know he made it into a short film even at that point like i i mean i've said my thoughts multiple times on that album but i just i don't see any singular hip hop album coming close to that album's impact on myself personally and my desire to listen to an album and love an album holistically as that i think I'm with you i adore that album i but. think i think it's t- to preserve his legacy i don't know if Kanye's ever going to put out an album again that's gonna drive his discography or drive this discussion further and just be like you know what he added another one of the uh proverbial, uh, proverbial infinity stones to his own like catalog you know what i mean like there's i don't think if yandi comes out is it going to groundbreak the way that 808s his first Selvin Selvin albums did really, or his first six albums, seven. How many albums does he have? Oh my god! Dropout, registration, graduation, eight oh eight, dark twisted fantasy, Yeezus. So six. I'll go with Life six. Of Pablo. Pa- I, that's where that to me is where I consider him starting to to well, falter a little bit. Total total albums, right? Or just the albums no? I'm just it? saying like like his build up. Like what was it where? he was like untouchable. Like every album that he put out was great or and had the equal amount of influence. I would put watch the throne under that. Okay. So give him seven. Watch, I would say watch the throne yeah. represents like, is that the last one? Is that the last great? See, Kanye I don't think West that's album? a pinnacle. I think that's like, I think that was just in line with his, with him at his creative powers. But I think that I, his peak was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and from Yeezus, it was all downhill. I think there. Yeezus was the last great stand of Kanye West. The last great, I mean, to your point, Paul, about doing something unpopular with music and, and making an album listenable, Yeezus is a prime example of that. Yeezus is what Kendrick Lamar's uh, To Pimp a Butterfly jazz aesthetic is Kanye West's punk rock slash rock distortion aesthetic of Yeezus. That album was not meant to be liked by the masses, but come out with a strong political voice and come out with a strong feeling to it. Also, I, I disagree with you fundamentally on that. I think the high energy, the bum, like I thought that album was highly listenable, 
Like, whereas Tabimpa Butterfly doesn't care if you can follow along with the tracks, and Tabimpa Butterfly will talk, Tabimpa Butterfly will make you listen to a guy crying in front of a mirror. Kanye, like, Yeezus, Yeezus is like a, I, I hope, I, like, I play this at the gym, play this wherever you want, jump, like, get pumped, I think listen I, to Bound to. Yeah, like, I, I think you're going to have two to three songs on that that's going to give you that. And then other than that, I don't think that song is highly listenable for most of the population. I think if you ask people what they think Kanye West worst album is or, or least favorite album is they're going to say either yay yeezus or life of pablo and i would strongly disagree with yeezus being one of his worst i like i said they, i mean i'm not talking about the narrative throughout it like you get into pimple butterfly i'm saying the time in which yeezus came out that was not the state of hip-hop in which he released yeezus it was that chance of taking a different approach to it those heavy drums the distortion the screaming the political nature of of kanye west talking on that whether that truly be kanye west which it really wasn't but i, I don't think that that was the the kanye i'm gonna i'm on. gonna interject here really quickly because i want it i want to just make sure that we're still focused on the big topic so the two finalists if we had to kind of do it as a standoff because it's already happening right now it sounds like it's going to be the kendrick lamar discography the kanye west discography there's going to be a difference of opinion here clearly but i think that if i can weigh in on what you guys are just talking about I kind of agree with Paul to a certain extent in that, I mean, Yeezus is my favorite Kanye West album. We talked about this on the Kanye West podcast. Mm -hmm. It's aesthetically against the grain in that, like, the way he presented it was like, I don't care about corporations and I don't care about this and I don't care about that and I don't care about being popular. At the end of the day, this is Kanye West and it's a Kanye West album. Kanye West cares deeply whether people care about Kanye West or not and cares deeply about whether they care about the brand that is Kanye West. There are songs on that album, Bound, uh, Black Skinhead is an example of it, New Slaves. If Kanye really didn't care whether people like this album or not, I don't think that he would have gone the extent that he did to make sure that people knew that this album was coming. He wouldn't have projected his face on the walls of museums across the world and played new music and showed up on SNL. I really think that if his aim was to basically be anti-corporate and anti you know anti-capitalism and all this stuff and all the stuff that he talks about not for sale not selling out he just he had a he had a pretty normal album cycle other than the fact that it came out very quickly after he announced the album so i think i disagree i kind of agree with paul there whereas i think to pimp a butterfly is a lot more genuinely i am going to put out a piece of work that i am very passionate about i'm going to work with Thundercat and Kamasi and all these artists that I don't really care if you've heard about them and I don't really care if All Right takes off and becomes an anthem for protests and stuff like that. I'm putting out a piece of work that really means a lot to me and whether the public likes it or not is completely up to them. I think Kanye pre presented Jesus like that, but I don't think his intention was for people to dislike it or not really care to dislike it. I think that he actually very much wants people to like him no matter what he says behind everything that he does say whether it be Jesus or the albums that he's putting out now yay whatever um that's my opinion on the matter so i think that the both of them have amazing discographies i think if we had to break it down kendrick is definitely on the trajectory to have one of the greatest discographies of all time i think shane can you agree with that oh 100 percent. Mm -hmm. and then i think that time will only tell with him because it could be what happened with Kanye, which is that he starts to peak and then he's hit his plateau and then things are going to start to fall. And that may not happen for another decade or so until Kendrick Lamar has put out more and more bodies of work. Um, but I think right now he definitely is on the trajectory to have, if not the greatest hip hop catalog of all time, I would say one of the greatest hip hop, hip -hop catalogs of all time. But I think Kanye, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against the fact that he put out seven right. amazing albums and really only three of them have been I'd say good. I'm not going to say bad, but they're good. I think collectively he's yet to put out a bad album. Like That's my like thought. My, my personal take from it, just based on my relationship with hip-hop, would be that like Kendrick Lamar's high points, I feel like, outweigh Kanye West's many high points, although it's hard to, de it's hard to deny that he has a longer career and he's had more time. I mean, but frankly, one of the things we get to is if Kanye West is ever going to reach those points, like knowing what we know about the lives of creative individuals for him to get to that point again, there would have to be some change, some dramatic change in what we know about 
the way Kanye West is living his life right now. And frankly, that would probably be a good sign because, you know, we would love to see this guy get healthy and becoming a meaningful voice in society now and not simply the chaotic megaphone on Twitter that he tends to be. But right now, I think, honestly, my take on it would be that with the three album stretch, with the time that he's been out, I think Kendrick Lamar's Kendrick Lamar's impact has far outstripped Kanye West's long like longer run, I, and that's yeah, that's me. And I yeah. I think I think that's that's right for dis for disagreement. Yeah, I do. I definitely disagree with that. But I also disagree. I with think that. you can you cannot argue three Kendrick Lamar albums impact in a short amount of time on Kanye West's fifteen year process of releasing albums and how every album you can trace back to a direct change in hip hop and hip hop being pop music, pop music in itself consistently. Kanye West is a tastemaker through those albums. I know that what you're getting out of your hip hop experience is different than the majority of people as you want a storyteller and you want those type of things. I totally get that. But I think you could, you cannot weigh the difference in that. I mean, this will be the, this will be the last thing I say on it because I don't want to, I don't want to turn into like a, I don't want to drag it out, but as a Kanye West fan, I will say one of the things that he has always been most masterful of is creating an ecosystem around album releases. He's been masterful at creating controversy around his music, at garnering attention, controlling conversation around his music, and sometimes interjecting chaos into a situation, allowing him to be in a better strategic position from a pure marketing and from a pure like strategic conversation as far as having impact on hip hop culture. These are all things that he's incredible at, but I don't know these are necessarily things that are a factor in music making and his impact, whether you, whether you're, whether you're judging hip hop based on lyrical content, the way I do, or whether you're judging it based on strictly musical merit. I don't think this has been, with the exception, I think, of his damn rollout in the past year, I don't think this has been a factor for Kendrick Lamar, who has very much collaborated and put out music in a very almost like blue-collar way where it's just like this is music and music is coming out and you are going to listen to the music and you are going to heal the way you feel about the music. Whereas damn, I think, probably represented a difference where he had collaborations with Nike and he had a whole like a, a far a far out lead out time for the album as well as partnerships announced with Disney and things like that but for the most part Kendrick Lamar doesn't engage in controversy doesn't say Disney well yeah because ultimately Black Panther got announced before that so oh, okay yeah, yeah sorry sorry I was like where's the bridge there between Kendrick Lamar and Disney I missed that D- brought to you by Disney damn <laughs> I was like what the fuck <laughs> oh damn Minnie um, um but so I would say like in the same way where Kanye West can like garners a lot of heat. Everyone has opinion on Kanye West, and Kanye wa- Kanye West wants everyone to have an opinion on Kanye West. Kendrick Lamar puts out music that demands you have an opinion on on Kendrick Lamar. So music. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I, this we've been talking about this for quite some time. So I just kind of want to wrap it in a neat package and summarize what we have talked about. I think longevity wise, the three of us, at least from what I gather, we can agree. If you're going by a longer catalog, Kanye West probably has the most consistent strongest catalog in terms of over the 15 year period that he's been making music i think that that's hard to argue i think in any capacity can't deny his longevity no you can't deny the longevity and you can't deny the amount of quality records that he's put out within that period of time if we're going by potentially a shorter body of work i actually think uh paul to your point like there are a couple of artists that actually actually re-enter that conversation like somebody that we haven't talked about is biggie and at I could spend a lot of time talking about Biggie, but a big part of that is also he's only got two albums. And so how do you then say that he would have one of the greatest discographies discographies of all time if if you only have a small sample size of two albums? And I think that that's the same thing for Outkast, and I think it's the same thing for Kendrick Lamar. At the moment, Kendrick Lamar is in the rarest position because you know that he's going to continue to release music. Outkast is... Outcast is effectively dead. Um, Andre 3000 Biggie is, is literally dead. Currently so on a, not, an expertly crafted tour of providing you, with, providing you with features and make you always wish that you're like, oh, I wish, I wish Outcast would come back. I wish Andre 3000 yeah, would come back. He's and masterful at that. Meanwhile, he's like, no, you don't. I don't have a full album of this. 
So when I look at it, I mean, again, summarizing, when I look at it longevity-wise, Kanye has been around for 15 years. He's put out so many good, great records that it's impossible to not, I think, acknowledge the impact that he's had and also just the, the amount of quality music. And this is even not including his production on The Blueprint and many other albums that he's worked on as an executive producer, um, including John Legend albums. You, you could even credit him with Commons B, which is widely considered to be Commons' best um, solo album and his fingerprints were all over that record so there are a lot there are a lot of arguments to be made for the longevity of his career but that being said if you had to shorten it and you took that out of it i think that there is probably a lot that we could talk about here biggie is a huge discussion that i would love to have but we may not have the time right now outcast to me separate from idle wild probably four or five classic albums in there that i will consistently go back to that i've been listening to for the last week also shout out to vic this is a quick aside Vic was the person, somebody that I work with, brought up Outcast, and I didn't really think about it. And then now that I've gone back to it and listened to it since Andre 3000's feature on Where's the Catch, man, like they have, they have so much quality music. Like I really want to give them best, best discography of all time. It's just for me, it's too short, and that's that's it seems to be the there's the catch. Yeah, there's the catch. So uh, I think there's probably a lot that we could still talk about here, but we want to cut it short. It has been quite a while that we've been talking about this topic. Um, I guess we don't have a unanimous decision, but I think we can all agree that there are some definite, definite outliers in Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West. And for me, Outkast and Biggie, I would throw into that as well. Um, perhaps we will have more discussion around this in the future with no childish Gambino, potentially some, uh, some guests that may have some, some, arguments or potentially some some further insights so um we'll look into that we'll see if maybe we have a hip-hop discography part two discussion at some point in the future um but thank you guys thank you for another great week of the slice um thank you paul for joining us on wednesday and today thanks gabby for joining us on monday for the monday special um happy what is it today the 15th happy anthem day yeah happy crackdown three day happy terry cruz day happy we talked about the greatest hip-hop catalog and no one brought up the guy from uh degrassi drake or dylon <laughs> dylon dylon he's top five rappers of all time all five yeah. easily anyways <laughs> anyways guys. check us out on social media at the slice to instagram and all the popular social medias platforms um and we will see you again on monday for the monday special it's been a slice it's been a slice peace